Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to our sponsors, the Wall Street Memes Casino, with over 5,000 custom games to choose from. Enjoy live dealers and in-play sports betting, from football to esports. Get a 200% sign-up bonus on your initial deposit up to $25,000. Use code IFLTV24. Deposit now by visiting Wall Street Memes Casino today. 18 plus only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to episode 32 of Talk Smart with Pew and McCart. That's Joe Pew, I'm Andrew McCart. Um, Sunday after a great, great night of fights, one in Las Vegas and obviously one in London, which you were lucky to be there to witness in Dan Aziz and uh, Joshua Boazzi. Um I was flicking between the two of them. I had one on my phone, one on the TV, and it was... It was, you know, when you can't appreciate a fight unless you're engrossed in it. And I, I was trying to watch two fights at the same time. So I'll get your expert analysis on Aziz and Boatze last night, Joe. But there was some breaking news at the middle of the week um, in Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk with Tyson Fury suffering, suffering that cut. I know you were going to go out there um, to Saudi Arabia. So a little bit gutting for yourself, um, but I'm sure you'll reschedule it for me the same way they've rescheduled their fights. I'm sure you'll still go out there and enjoy that fight, Joe. But your initial reaction when you turned on Twitter or turned on Instagram and saw that the fight was off, on a personal note, you can say like you were gutted because you were going to go out there, but your initial reaction to finding out that news? Yeah, well, selfishly, more than anything, I was gutted that because uh, I was, uh, what, about nine days away from flying out to Saudi for the, uh, for the fight. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely gutting. On a Friday evening, just as you're uh, about to go out and enjoy the weekend, it put a little bit of a dampener on things. But take away the selfish point of view, yeah, it is a shame. It's it's, it's a big shame, mate. But um, it just feels like we was in touching distance away from it, and mm. for something like that to happen, call it a freak accident or not, it's not really because that's the dangers of sparring. But at the same time, I need to spar. But you, you, you've got to look, mate, like these things have happened throughout the whole, throughout history. You look at mm. Rumble in the Jungle. I think that was what happened, I think, two weeks after it was meant to go ahead. This, we're waiting, what, another two and a half months or something, but at least it got rescheduled straight away. And I, I think if it weren't for the Saudis and His Excellency, I don't think we would have got it over the line so fast. Mm. And you mentioned there, obviously, a freak accident, and it was an elbow. Like when I first yeah. saw the, the video when the spawn footage got released, it did look like when he 
through the sort of like a hybrid hook uppercut I came around and followed through with the, the whoever the spawn partner was I can't quite remember who it was um, the name of him anyway it surpasses me but yeah the elbow clipped him and cut his eye obviously it's a freak accident uh, Tyson Fury last night on his Instagram confirmed it was the elbow that, that cut him um, on the eye so yeah it's a freak accident I think the whole boxing world was gutted because we've been looking for, forward to this undisputed heavyweight fight for a long time maybe we've been looking forward to just an undisputed heavyweight champion for a long time, so yeah. But was it nineteen ninety nine? People keep telling, saying, and well, it was nineteen ninety nine. Lennox Lewis. So twenty five years in the making. Do you know what I mean? So again, freak accidents happen. Um, but there was a lot of when you go on that when you go on Twitter sometimes or Instagram, you see all these conspiracy th- theories. I, I actually read one guy say that Tyson Fury's put a Stanley blade to his eye to reopen the the Walling cut just so he can get out of this fight. And I'm like, come on, man. I love a conspiracy theory, Joe. But some of them are just a bit too far fetched. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was quite kind of sad to see the way it all played out on Friday night. I know um, David Hay piped up because I think 10 years ago, probably Tyson was saying the same thing about his when their fight got cancelled. But luckily, that fight got cancelled and didn't, didn't get rescheduled. This one is getting rescheduled and it happened so fast. Within 24 hours, it's done, sorted. There's a, uh, a $10 million little clause in the contract which is absolutely wild and I think probably just uh, shows how much they're getting paid for it it's more than anything to uh, give up just the 10 mil yeah. but um, uh, but yeah so I think that's that little edgy bit of motivation to make sure this fight does happen May 18th as I say two weeks turn into two months but at least we are getting it and it's kind of Friday evening I think a lot of people were worried that the fight would still happen, but the chance for Undisputed might have just slipped away from him with everything that was happening with Philip Hergovic. But it looks like it has been sorted and we will get an Undisputed champion on May 18th. Yeah, I know the, the Philip Hergovic talks, like he was going to step in. I think it was, uh, was it Coppinger that said it and Dan Raphael mentioned it as well. When it's almost like, I don't, I, although Hergovic deserves a shot at a world title, he really, really does. But after that promo... The, the the cowboy promo and all that sort of stuff and the gladiator promo it was an epic epic trailer do you know what I mean and it gets you gets gets you excited about the fight and there's no point doing all that we still want to see the fight so waiting an extra like two and a half months or three months whatever it may be like you said like I'm I'm all for that I don't I don't want to uh, Usyk to fight Hergovic and with the possibility of slipping up against Hergovic and then that all disappears and it's again. We, we've been wanting to see this fight for a long time. And Igus Klimas has said some brutal things to Tyson Fury. You've seen the Eddie Holwani interview, I'm, I'm sure, John. Tyson's clap back. So, there's, again, is that, as boxing fans, we enjoy the stuff outside of the ring that builds the fight as well as the fight itself. It's going to be a great fight, don't get me wrong, but we enjoy that sort of stuff. And now there's a little bit more animosity there between the teams, even though there's more respect because Usyk always gives Tyson Fury respect. He understands it was a cut, it was a freak accident, and he was very, very humble in what he said. And um, So we're still getting the fight, and I'm, I'm glad the Hergovitz, maybe glad's the wrong word, because I do want Hergovitz to get a shot. I, I'm just, I don't know what the right word is, but I think we need this fight to happen. We need this fight for to happen, just for the sake of boxing, really. And then we do get this selfishly, again, being more selfish, like you were selfish about not going to Saudi, we need to see Joshua and Fury in the, uh, by the tail end of this year, hopefully, and that's what the plans are, according to His Excellency Turkey Ella Sheikh. 
Yeah, look, I think Filip Hergovic will be slotting in somewhere. I did read some mm. stuff last night. Um, also, a great announcement from Turkey Lashek that we're getting Baturbiev, Bivol mm. headlining the matchroom 5v5. It's not part of the matchroom 5v5 on the undercard. Great fights on that, potentially involving two heavyweights who are out in action this weekend um, coming up. But yeah, all good news. It was a really crap start to the weekend, but good good weekend of boxing kind of put the cherry on top of the cake, kind of rebuilt our hopes and dreams to go in to next week. And yeah, we'll go to uh, the land of hopes and dreams, Vegas. Smooth mm. segue, mate. I know uh, you was watching it last night, Connor Ben. Yeah. Went the distance with Peter Dobson. What did you make of the performance? Yeah, it was a good performance from Ben. Um, I think Peter Dobson, the way he was talking, and he is that sort of unknown because I think it was a year and a half, close to two years before he had fought, uh, since he stepped in the ring. Uh, Conor Ben started fast. And the way he was he was hitting uh, Peter Dobson in the first and second round, I, w- I was almost like, yeah, this is going early. Yeah, he's going to get him out here. He's going to clock him. And then it's going to be... And a nice little stoppage win for me, so I can flick right over to the Dan Aziz Boatsy fight and enjoy that fight. Um, but Peter Dobson, I tell you what, it was almost like he took two rounds, three rounds to maybe see what Ben has to offer, and then he was starting to step into the uh, the fight himself. He sort of clawed it back in the middle rounds, and he kept on double jabbing backhand as as Ben was going back in a straight line. He was landing with the right hand and the. He, he, you know what? He hit Ben a couple of times, especially with the right uppercut. But Ben showed that he's he's strong. Um, and we, we've no denying that he, he's, he's tough. And uh, he keeps talking about his DNA, which listen, if he's he is from his dad, obviously. So he's got that he's got that warrior mentality. And he 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 landed the cleaner shots against against Dobson. Dobson maybe probably didn't throw as much as he should. Ben started the round fast. And finished the the round fast. It seems like nearly every round. The middle rounds, I think round five was Peter Dobson's best round in terms of hitting and getting clean shots off on on corner. But you know what? Twelve rounds, another valuable uh, learning experience for corner because he still has only twenty seven, twenty odd fights. But he's stepping up the levels. And although Peter Dobson might be that unknown, there's a lot made of him sparring Boots Ennis and sparring Terence Crawford. He steps in the ring with these guys, so he is. Got good pedigree on that sense. Uh, but yeah, again, Conor Ben, you probably haven't seen it yet, Joe, because you were out, you were at the, uh, the Boatsy and Aziz fight last night. But great, good performance. I mean, it, it, again, we want to see knockouts. And I think the way they were talking at the build up to this fight, I was half expecting to see one, but nobody knew how much of a chin. I mean, Peter Dobson's made of granite. He must be made of granite because Ben was hitting him with solid, sickening right hands in it. They're almost bouncing off him, but uh, credit to both men, credit to Ben. He keeps on winning, and I don't know if you saw the Devin Haney tweet and the fire back from Connor Ben. Now, that's a fight I would like to see, um, and I'm sure it can be it can be made. They're both on the zone, Connor, and I think, well, Devin Haney's sort of like that free agent, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good, good, good solid performance from Ben. Uh, he's been out in Vegas for so long, uh, well, the US, so can't take nothing away from him. It was a solid performance. Yeah, big fights now. Um, ones that he'll want to get up for. I know um, Eddie Earn after the fight said in the interview on IFL with Colm that he don't want to speak about Chris Eubank Jr. anymore. He said his final piece on that, so we'll see how that plays out. And we know Chris Eubank Sr. was very vocal about that this week in mm-hmm. another interview. So check those two out on the channel. 
But yeah, I think just Conor Ben needs like something to really get in his teeth into now. He's had the two fights. Um, Peter Dobson, a big step up from Orozco, but he, he, he got that now. And I think the hearing, the appeal hearing was going to be in two weeks' time. So that'll be a weight lifted off mm-hmm. his shoulders if it goes his way. Don't really know too much about that. So not going to speak about it until we hear what happened, what the verdict is, and how's it going down. Uh, but yeah, big fights for Connor. Um, hopefully back out in relatively quick succession because he had a long time, time out of the ring. Apart think, from the comeback fight. Yeah, do you think maybe this sort of appeal process that's gone on for so, so long, is that playing on his mind a little bit? In, in, I mean, he's, he, he, I mean, he spoke about, in, again, going back to the MMA hour, uh, Ariel Hawani interview, he spoke about he was this close to taking his own life. And when, you, when you're that close to taking your own life over something that's, um, it's just it, all the pressures on you and stuff like that, and it's all you think your career's on the line, and you might never ever fight again. It's like to get that close to taking your own life. It's it, it's a big substantial part of your mentality going into the future of what you want and your future endeavors. Do you know what I mean? And again, Joe, I'm going to ask the question: Does this whole appeal process and waiting on the board to come back again? It's in two weeks. Is that playing on on in, on Connor's? mind and maybe reflecting on his performances in the last two fights? I don't know, because I don't think either of them particularly poor performances. Mm. Um, I, I just think it's it's kind of impossible to say until we see him fight after the appeal process, because he may come out a different fighter. He mm. may literally be like a weight lifted off his shoulders, which I should imagine it would be, if you are constantly under scrutiny, which he is. Mm-hmm. And I, I know he's gone to America to kind of get away from that scrutiny, but we've all heard about the rigorous testing he's had to do, um, which is fantastic, by the way. Every fighter should undergo rigorous testing. But let's be honest, he's getting probably twice, three, four times more than the normal person because of headlines and because of the allegations, the appeal, the adverse findings. But yeah, hopefully big, big fights for him. Um, and should we move on to London, mate? Yeah, yeah, that was a fight. That was a fight. I probably watched more of the Conor Ben fight because I was half thinking that the way Conor was landing them big shots, he was going to get him out of there. Um, but yeah, listen, Conor Ben Dobson fight was a great fight, man. Great performance from from Conor Ben. But from what I was sort of half when I was on that uh Buatzi Aziz fight, I was like, wow, this is a good fight. They're both in distance, they're both in range, ready to hit each other. Um, I tell you what, though that eleventh round, because the Ben fight had finished as it was going into the eleventh round, and I, so I watched a full eleventh round in that fight. And I've got to say, Aziz was very unlucky with them them two knockdowns. Um, I think that even though a punch landed, they would have put him down like that. His whole feet came off the ground like it was a proper slip. Do you know what I mean? Even though, again, they can see the referee. You have to maybe call it because it was a punch did land but it wasn't enough of a punch to make him fall like that and I don't think it was enough of a punch to even put him down on his on his backside so on both occasions but that's neither here nor there I think maybe the right man maybe of one in Boatsy maybe he was a little bit more clinical in his work but like I say I only had half an eye on that fight because I was flicking between the two but you were there you you were there Joe just hit me with it what how good a fight was it if somebody hasn't seen it yet oh it was really good it was great I think the first, before the fight even started, really, really got like literally hair standing up on the back on my back. Right, honestly, right. They've both come out 
and they're just staring at each other, just like shadow boxing, just eyeing each other out. It's very rare to see it like that. It was brilliant, really intense, really intense. And then they're talking to each other throughout the fight. And that canvas mm. was very slippery in the corner. So by that time, we'd kind of moved to the back. We moved away from ringside to get ready for the post-fight stuff. Um, and from our view, which granted was quite far away, um, it looked like the first one was asleep, the second one wasn't. Mm. Um, and then the Virgil Hunter kind of agreed with that after the fight, and he reinforced that idea. But Watsi kind of said both of them that might be a slip. But Dan Aziz didn't moan because he said, look, I know the rules of boxing, lucky or unlucky. It was a slip, but as I slipped, I got punched. So they've got to give it mm. a knockdown, which is kind of true when you put it like that. And yeah, really good fight. <laughs> I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times either of them even touched the ropes. They were in the middle, in range, mm. giving it large for 12 rounds. And yeah, Battle of South London, fantastic, fantastic fight. And Dan Aziz will come again, 100% come again. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of time for Dan Aziz. I like his story in terms of he he got knocked out in the first 30 seconds of his first amateur fight. And then that, that can make or break you. I mean, I know a lot of young kids out my gym that have had a first couple of fights and they've not won and they've just never come back to the gym. It's just not for them. But for him to stick around and and uh, stick at it, keep working on his craft and become British Commonwealth European champion, I mean, that speaks volumes to his character. But then Joshua Boazzi, we are, we all, we've all got high hopes for him coming out of the Olympic Games. We're always like, that's the future world champion there. That's another champ, world champion coming out of... Uh, the, the UK and I think that still might be the case I think he's he's in a tough division but with this Art Berbiev and Bevel fight and whether they when one of them wins that undisputed crown I'm sure they'll vacate I'm sure they'll vacate and um, because the mandatories will start coming in both Bevel and Berbiev have mentioned about moving up in weight maybe Berbiev's mentioned about going up to cruiserweight and Bevel's told me when I was in Saudi Arabia he might go up to cruiserweight or maybe even step back down to super middleweight because he might not be big enough for cruiserweight so it's it's wide open when you've got guys like Cam Smith Anthony Yard Buatzi do you know what I mean in, in the UK for these world titles and all three of them can win one of them vacant titles if and them do become vacant and uh, yeah it's going to be exciting times come the tail end of this year beginning of 2025 to see where what that landscape looks like in that one seven five pound division, and by that time, I'm pretty sure Ben Workers will be there or thereabouts. Joe, um, listen, wow, Marmite. Do you know what I mean? Marmite. You either love him or you hate him because you think maybe the 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 showboat is disrespectful. But I tell you what, to have those reflexes, like he isn't even moving his whole body; he's just looking away and he's just doing all this, and the punches is there. That is some, yeah. that's a skill set in itself. And uh, you don't teach that. That's just, you're born with that. And uh, yeah. the guy's got it. Yeah, he certainly has. I just think, like, he's, it's weird, to be honest, right? Because he's not, outside the ring, he's like a lovely, lovely guy. He's, he's, he's mm, I met him, yeah. If you watched him in the ring, you wouldn't think he'd be that nice, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, he will be Marmite, but, People will watch him. And yeah, just that performance last night, just millimetre perfect. Just every time in the little moves, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think, oh yeah, I, I, I absolutely love him. And there's some serious talent on that card last night, as there was 
in Vegas. Start off with Vegas when you got Jimmy Sain's great mm-hmm. knockout, George Lillard, great performance, and then Johnny Fisher absolutely steamrolling um, Bezos in a round. Them body shots to soften him up were mm-hmm. sickening. Absolutely fantastic. Cannot wait for him to headline. Um, I'll talk about London headline after his next fight on April 13th. Amo Williams looked great. Wow. wow. Love Amo Williams. Loved him from the very, very start. Um, and then you go over to the Sky card. Just mentioned Ben Whitaker, Caroline Dubois. Mm. Great performance from her. She wants the big fights. She's calling for the big fights. Um, she called out Rhiannon Dixon and said, look, you pulled out the fight. You didn't want it. Um, so she's looking to get a world title fight. And then um, Rhiannon Dixon hopefully wins her world title fight. And, and then unification down the line. Then you've got Fran Hennessy, only 19. Mm-hmm. You talk about charisma. She has got charisma and she's also got great oh, talent yeah. against the really horrible, horrible journey woman to fight who did not come to fight. But great, great learning rounds for her. It was, it was a fantastic night of boxing. And uh, yeah, some excellent, excellent talent displayed from the Brits in the ring last night. I agree. And I think when I watched Jimmy Sain's knockout, he's he's very, very he doesn't rush his work, which I like to see from a young fighter. Do you know what I mean? And he, he the last maybe the last his first two stoppage uh victories have came a little bit soft in his own opinion in terms of the referee stepping in from a journeyman who's got tight guard. He hasn't got that clinical knockout. Um I think he he got it last night, but even to his own his own admission, he, he he wasn't too happy with it. He wants an even more clinical knockout. I don't know if you've seen the knockout, Joe. I thought that was probably as clinical yeah. as it can get. But in his post-fight interview, he said, uh, he, he hinted at the fact that he, he, he maybe wasn't as satisfied. He probably wants a more clinical one. And then you go into George Lillard. Um, what is he, 20, what, 21, 20? I think he's 21 now, George, yeah. yeah. Again, for a young man to be patient, calculated, uh, didn't want to rush his work, because he was in against a, an, un, uh, an unbeaten opponent, an unknown opponent who was long and rangy. It, it, it was tough as well. You know, these these guys, he, he was just a tough guy. He, he was landing clean, but he was, he was bouncing off his chin. But he never rushed his work. Didn't want to get in there and try and blow him out of there. He thought, you know what, you can take my shots. Let me see what else I can do. And he had six rounds and he figured them out and he won quite handsomely. And then Johnny Fisher... I mean, it's called the Romford Bull because when he fights, I think it's because he's like a bull in a china shop. He just smashes everything, whether it be the body, the head, and it's... He doesn't miss, even though he's winding with his shots, he doesn't miss with his shots. He, he, he and, he's, and he's calm as well. He don't come <laughs> rushing in. He, he no. kind of relaxes his shoulders and waited for that right opportunity. He don't just go steaming in, but when he does unload, he is mm. the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I mean like a bull in a china shop. I don't mean like he's he's hectic and he just swings yeah. from it's just craziness. No, he just smashes everything up. Your mm. rib cage, your arms, your head, your shoulders, your forearms, your biceps. He'll punch everything in earth and, until he lands one on your chin or uh, on on your rib cage. But yeah, solid performance from him. I think maybe two more fights. Two more fights and then we can get him in with these guys, those Maybe Wardley's, Adley's, Solomon, maybe Solomon Dakers, maybe they, they, they guys that are probably on coming up from that British, they're chasing that Wardley. Um, but I think he's got two more fights left in him before we can start saying, right, get him in with the, the Solomon Dakers of these worlds, maybe even the Fraser Clarks of these worlds, maybe even the Fabio Wardley's, the David Adley's. Do you know what I mean? Let's get him in with them and let's see what he can do. And I think 
yeah, give them two more fights, give them to maybe October, November, December time this year, and then chuck them in a big fight, a big British fight, whether it be for a vacant British title, the English heavyweight title, who knows. Um, I just want to go back to the Ben Whitaker fight quickly because something that yep. pressed me, John, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have heard it, his corner basically said to him, I think, what was the stoppage in the fifth round? Fifth, yeah. Right, after the fourth round, his corner basically said to him, listen, that's enough now, get him out of there. Yeah. Right, he says that like, you've had your fun almost like this. He said, "Get him out there, st- step up the gas, and let's get him out there. It's time to get him out." And like that, he done exactly what his corner did, and that's what I like about him, Joe. We spoke about Johnny Fisher, the way he fights. They're all different fighters, the way they approach the game. But with Ben, he's just went like, "You know what? Time to switch it up. I've had my fun. I've entertained the crowd. Now let me get my job done." And that's exactly what he's done. So great, great performance from him. And uh, yeah, it was a great night for for, for boxing. So I'm actually. Uh, you know what? I'm actually excited for the future. Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. We've got um another good week of boxing coming up. You have got um Dylan Bellotti on the next gen card at the mm-hmm. O2 Indigo. Mm-hmm. That's a matchroom card. There's some good fights, and that Craig Richards returns to action after a long time out, and I think there could be a very, very big fight for him potentially lined up. Mm-hmm. And then about fifteen minutes down the road, also. In London at the Copper Box, you've got Hamza Shiraz versus Liam Williams, and that is a stack card with Anthony Yards on the card. So light heavyweight British action keeps rolling. And yeah, I'm sure I will speak to you next week, Andy, when we talk all about it. Definitely, mate. Listen, wherever sure you're at, enjoy it. Um Thank you, mate. And uh yeah, we'll we'll tune in next week for uh the so I've I've just looked outside my window there. I've got an Amazon delivery just coming there, so I better go and answer this door. Um, so yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that uh, fight week next week, Joe, and keep smashing the brother. And I'll see you next week. See you, mate. Enjoy your parcel. Thank you. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.